first part of the sixth podcast of the Basics of Software Engineering course, and in this lecture, Jari Vanhanen is going to tell us about pair programming. The quality of this lecture, unfortunately, is quite low, so try to bear with it. Good morning, everyone. I'm going to tell you about a coding practice, a concrete coding practice called pair programming. I've been studying it for a couple of of three or at least almost four years here. I've seen how people use pair programming in industry. I have done some experiments with students here in, in, in our courses. And I'm, I'm going to tell you first, what is this practice? Why is it a useful practice? Why it works? Or does it really work? I will summarize some results from some pair programming experiments done here and elsewhere in the universities and in, in industry. And finally, I will tell you something about adopting pair programming. If you decide that it, it is a good practice, how, how, how should you adopt it in, in, in practice and what kind of problems there may be in, in adopting it and so on. Have any of you ever used pair programming in your own development work? Raise your hands. Okay, we have some people who, who have personal experience of this practice. Please feel free to tell your own experiences during this presentation if you have something to, some interesting things to add to my lecture. Pair programming means, means that we have two developers working at the same workstation. They are doing the same task. And even though the name of the practice is pair programming, it doesn't mean only the programming activity. It can include all software development activities, such as design or testing, in addition to programming work. There are two roles. The person who types at the workstation is called the driver, and the other person is called navigator. The purpose is that the navigator is doing continuous code review, and also he should think about what the pair is doing a little bit more strategic level. For example, are we really going to the right direction should we, should we choose some other approach for this task and so on? And the driver is thinking on a tactical level just what lines of code should we write now and so on. And these two roles should be switched continuously so that the purpose is not that one person is typing two hours and then the other person is only observing. These roles can be switched whenever the developers feel like I, I know better what we should write. And the navigator can take the keyboard at any time. The difference between these two roles actually in practice when the researchers have observed pair programmers in, in, in practice is, isn't so clear. Actually, when the communication between these two people has been analyzed, it has been found that actually both persons 
think at the same level and discuss about the same same things. So the difference between strategic thinking and tactical thinking is actually quite vague. And actually, there even are situations where both persons are writing at the same time. Some 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 developers have tried to use two keyboards, two mice, and then actually both can participate almost simultaneously in writing the code. So, so these proposed these proposed roles are not actually so clear that that Williams presents in he, in her in her paper from in book. Okay, then also the purpose is not that two persons, the same two persons work together forever. In a project team, these pairs should be rotated so that people pair with different people and this increase knowledge knowledge transfer within within the project team. Okay, Perpropon is used quite a lot nowadays. It has gained gained more or people know it better because extreme programming is very strict on the use of pair programming. Extreme programming says that everyone must use pair programming for all, all development work. And so it has become more popular recently. But why why is it used? It's used because a lot of benefits have been proposed that come with, with, with the use of pair programming. For example, the most important and most often mentioned benefit is that quality improves. The developed code has less defects when you do it with the pair. And also, the code and design is becomes more comprehensible because two developers understand what the code should do or what the design should describe. And that, that makes it more comprehensible to all other people also. There are no clumsy solutions by one developer who nobody else could understand. Another benefit is improvements in knowledge transfer. In, in pair programming, you almost inevitably learn something from the partner. You learn from, from the software you are developing, from the code. You learn about development tools. You learn about programming tricks and all kinds of things. And one thing where pair programming is especially useful practice is when you have new developers in, in the development team. Usually it takes quite a long time to get a new developer productive so that he can alone contribute a lot to the project. But when you use pair programming in, in kind of a men mentoring situation where you pair an experienced developer and the new person, the new person becomes productive much more quickly than when he tries to learn everything alone. And also the increased knowledge transfer decreases the amount of critical persons in a project team so that 
usually it's a very high risk situation when we have experts who know very well something and then nobody else knows anything about one part, one critical part of the software. But when you, when you use pair programming, there usually is at least one other person who knows something about the written code. Then the amount of these critical experts also decreases and the risks for the project decrease. Then it has been proposed that there are some, some benefits for various human factors. For example, it is said that many people like pair programming. They are more satisfied with their, their work when they are allowed to work with some, someone else. And people are also more, more confident on their solutions, on their code. They are more confident that it works when they have developed it with someone else. Working with others also improves trust in the development team and it impro improves the overall teamwork within the team. And also one factor is that when you use pair programming you usually have more discipline in following the agreed development process. For example, if, if it has been decided that we write unit tests for all critical code. When you are working with the pair, you are more likely to follow these agreements than when, when you would, what would you do if you coded alone. And finally, if we measure the elapsed time of development, then you are likely to finish your tasks more quickly with the pair. And also, it might be possible to shorten the project by adding people because you, Kasper has probably ta talked to you about Brooks' law that adding people to a late project makes the project even more late. But if you use pair programming and add people as pairs, then you are likely to be able to decrease the project duration by adding more resources. And also some, someone has proposed that it's easier to estimate task efforts when you have pairs doing the tasks. There are less, less such tasks that take huge amounts of effort because the one person is not able to finish it. So this might improve also estimation accuracy. Okay, lots of benefits that have been proposed, but also there are the quite self-evident costs. When you have two persons doing one task, it probably takes more effort. Especially when you are doing, or this is measured on for individual tasks, the effort increase may even be 100%. But uh, when you consider all these benefits, what, what, what is then the outcome on the project level? If you improve quality, you increase knowledge transfer, and so on. What if you lose some effort on task level? What happens on the project level? This is not very well understood yet. 
And also in many cases where the effort increases have been large, there have been in situations where people who have never pair programmed have been have been studied and they have been compared to individuals. And it has been actually found in situations where pair programming has been used for longer times that just like with any other practice, it takes time to learn to do pair programming. So it's inefficient before you learn to do it. It may take a few days before you learn how to do pair programming inefficient, how to do pair programming efficiently. And therefore, therefore, in many experiments where you have used or pair programming has been used for a few hours or a couple of days only, then it of course is less efficient than working as you have been working before. And also there is another aspect which may make programming inefficient first is that when you start working with a person who you don't know or you haven't worked with before, it takes a while before you form an efficient pair also. So whenever you have a new pair programming partner, it may take a while before, before you, are, you are productive. Okay, all these benefits and costs are mostly proposals of people who write books and so on. And not all of these have been studied very carefully. I will later go through some studies that have mostly studied the quality and effort aspects of pair programming. But for example, these knowledge transfer and human factors and such topics have been very scarcely studied. And mostly, mostly these things are based on anecdotal experiences of consultants or developers. So, Take this list of benefits as, as, as a long list of potential benefits, but we don't have very, very, very good data. Are they, are they really true? Okay, one final cost is also that some people think that web programming is quite exhaustive. It, of course, feels a little bit different to work with someone else continuously. You are working, working probably harder and it's, it's a very intensive way of working. So some people may think, think that this, this is also a bad aspect of pair programming. Okay, why pair programming then should work? There are some factors that make people work in a different way when they use pair programming compared to when they work alone. For example, there is more pressure. People probably work harder and even smarter when they work with someone else. They try to show their best, best skills and try to show to the partner that I'm a very good worker and I, I know everything, I, I work hard. And also, these pair programming sessions are kind of meetings. You don't usually browse in the web or do phone calls or read your email when you work with someone else. So people have more concentration on the work also. And one other aspect is that you have 
typically more explicit deadlines for the tasks. You agree with your partner that now we have a three-hour paper coming session and we really try to finish the tasks during during that session. There is a law called Parkinson's, Parkinson's law that says that usually the work takes all the time you have for it. And when you work alone, you don't usually have these kind of explicit deadlines as, as, as much. You probably spent the whole day for the same task, trying to improve it and so on, compared to finishing it in three hours with your partner if you have an explicit deadline for it. Another factor is that when you have two persons solving problems, you typically end up with a better solution. Usually two people always complement each other somehow. They, they know some things that the other person doesn't know that might contribute to the task. And usually they end up in a better solution for the problem. Learning was already discussed. People learn all kinds of things related to the domain, code, development tools, and so on. And this, this improves, improves their work in the future also. Courage means that usually if we have developers or people doing any, anything alone, they may take a huge amount of time before they go to ask help from others. They are a little bit shy and, or th think that I should know this, I should solve this problem alone. And they may spend too much time trying to solve problems that they are not able to solve. But when you have two persons solving some problem, and they both can't solve it in, in, in a reasonable time. It's much easier to admit that it's not that I'm, I'm a bad person, that I, I'm not able to solve this problem. When there are two persons who acknowledge that we are not able to do this, it's much easier to go ask help from someone else. So people have more courage accepting that they don't know something where someone else also, also has the same, same opinion about the thing. You have probably been told about code reviews on this course already. And you have been told that they are very good practice for improving software quality. However, in industry, code reviews are not very much used. And the reason is typically that Developers are not very interested in doing code reviews. They are quite boring, boring sessions, and boring sessions, and usually they are not used as much as they should be. In pair programming, you get these reviews almost for free. The partner, the navigator, should do this kind of code review all the time. And another good aspect is that you get feedback immediately, the defects are found immediately, that it's, it's very easy to 
fix fix the problems when you are just now writing code related to that method, for example. So it's it's very efficient way to fix fix defects. And finally, one aspect is that with the when you work with the pair, the driver actually should think aloud what he is doing. And then it has been found that when people have to verbalize their thoughts, that actually improves their work. They themselves understand better what I, what I am doing when I have to verbalize what I'm doing. So this thinking aloud also may improve people's work. Okay, so that's what pair programming is at the theory behind pair programming. I will now summarize some research from some experiments done both in industry and in, in universities. This table shows the first and most referenced experiments done that co have compared pairs to individuals. These are quite small experiments, both when it comes to the number of subjects. There have been like five pairs or 14 pairs or five, okay, five pairs also in this third experiment. And what is a more important limitation is that the, this Experiments have been very short in duration. People have done all, only very small tasks, things like 45 minutes or four tasks lasting a, a couple of hours and so on. So in all of these experiments, there is this problem of learning time. People have been inexperienced pair programmers and actually what has been measured is how people, how, how pair programming works when you learn to do pair programming. In these experiments, the increases in effort for the pairs has been, has varied a lot. In NOSEX experiment, it, it was 40, about 40 percentage. In Williams experiment, there were actually several tasks and in the first task, the effort increase was 60%, and after that, the effort increase was only 15%. And this indicates that especially the learning, the inefficient, inefficient during the learning time of pair programming. In the first task, it took much more effort than, than later when you work with the same pair. Okay, and the third experiment, there, actually, the effort increase was 100%, which means that the pair did not finish their task any, in any shorter time than, than the individual. So the effort doubles in, in that case. Okay, they also, in all these experiments, measured quality using some metric. In the first, in the NOSEX experiment, there was a little bit informal metrics. They 
subjectively measured the readability and functionality of the written code and the pairs were better in this aspect. In Williams, Williams' experiment, they measured the amount of past test cases. And in her experiment, the pairs were also better. The pairs programs passed on the average 90% of the test cases were when the individual's programs passed 75%. So there was a clear increase in, in the in, in, in quality. But in the in the final experiment, the measure was for the quality was quite different and in, it was the number of resubmissions to the teachers. The students had to resubmit the software so many times that it finally worked correctly. And in, in, in this measure, they didn't find any difference between pairs and individuals, even though the individual, uh, even though the pair spent double effort for the work. Okay, all, all these previous experiments compared pairs and individuals in an isolated context. But in practice, practice software developers work in project teams with many other, many other people and for example, benefits related to learning, knowledge transfer and so on, higher quality. Usually you get the benefits on the project level. If there are less defects in the end of the project, you spend much less time for fixing defects, for maintenance and so on. When you learn more, when the knowledge transfer is better, the developers improve their personal productivity a little, little bit all the time. And these things cannot be seen when you, when you compare pair programming to individual programming in a context of an individual task only. So what happens for the productivity on, on, on the project level? There has been also some experiments related, related to this project context and one of them was done by us here a couple of years ago, three years ago. And we found that on the project level there was still quite large increase in the effort. The difference was 41%. But when we analyzed the situation in more detail, we found that the effort increase actually almost all of it was due to the first days of these 10-week projects. The first three or four tasks took more than almost double 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 effort for the for the pairs but after after the first week the differences between between pairs and individuals was very small it was like 10 10 percentage the effort increase was about 10 percentage after after this first week so we also found this inefficiency of learning time 
that if we have removed the first week from, from the experiments, so that we have had experienced pair programmers who knew each other doing these projects, the difference had been very, very small between, between the pairs and individuals. And when considering a typical industrial situation, then this kind of learning time of a few days doesn't mean anything in several weeks or months long, long projects. And in, in, in industry, the people typically already know each other in, in the project teams and so on. What comes to the quality of code, or actually the only thing we measured was the amount of defects in code, we got quite interesting mixed results. First one, we analyzed the code after the developers thought that this is ready. We found that the code from the pairs was better. There was less defects. But however, in the end of the projects, the teams that used solo programming delivered software that contained less defects. So in these teams where solo programming was used, the developers were more careful when they did their system testing. And they found a larger proportion of the defects remaining in the system testing and fixed them. Whereas the pair programmers first wrote better code, but they were less careful in system testing. They probably relied too much on pair programming's effects for decreasing defects. So they were less careful in system testing, and in the end, their systems had more defects when it was released. So pair programming does not remove all the defects, and you still have to be careful when you when you test the final product from, from pairs also. We also measured the knowledge transfer within these teams. These were four-person teams, and we found out that in the pair programming teams, each module of the software's software developed was known well by more developers. And also, on the other hand, each developer knew the system more broadly. Each, each developer knew more modules well in these systems. So we, we found that this aspect of proposed benefit of pair programming really, really realized in, in practice. And finally, we found that pair programmers were satisfied with the work with the way of working, with using pair programming, but actually a, a small majority of all the developers preferred using solo programming over pair programming. So in, in, in our experiment, people, there were more people who liked solo programming than pair programming, but still this didn't mean that people would oppose the use of pair programming. They were satisfied, satisfied even with doing pair programming, even though they liked solo programming more. Last year, the Norwegian guy called Tour Deeper 
made a systematic review of all pair programming experiments and this probably is the best summary of all, all experiments. It's covered 15 studies, four, was done, four were done with professionals and 11 were done with students. And Dubo picked from all these experiments what happened to duration, effort and quality in these, in these experiments. And his conclusions were that most of these experiments showed that pair programming increases quality. But what comes to the effort and duration, then the results were very inconclusive, quite even quite the results were opposite. So one one study may say that paper takes double effort, another study may say that paper doesn't take any additional effort and so on. At the conclusion actually from Dubois systematic review was that the question is pair programming better than solo programming is, is wrong. You can't answer that kind of question. The, quest, the, the answer to this kind of question is it, it depends. There are several context factors that affect when pair programming may be better than solo programming. For example, the benefits of pair programming depend on task complexity and developers' expertise. And Dupont proposes that the researchers should do experiments that try to find how these context variables actually affect the benefits of pair programming. It's impossible to say, say in general in general, that is pair programming better than solo programming. Excuse me. About the Google uh, study, it was a paper-based review. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. I'm sorry. Uh, doing these comparisons, do we compare, let's say, five pairs to ten individuals or five individuals? They usually compare pairs results to one individual's results. So there are two persons doing a task and one person doing the same task and then the quality is measured and the effort is measured. Okay, and usually it, then five pairs to ten individuals then? Well, the, the units of comparison is always one pair to one individual. And for the one pair, of course, the effort is twice the duration. They spend double effort. If, if, if also the individual spends one day and the pair spends one day, then the effort for the pair is two days. Okay, so these comparisons are not done to people, for example, 10 people and five pairs? Well, they could be done, but the comparison is always one pair to one individual. And then that you take average of 10, 10, person, 10 individuals average of quality something and five, five pairs Quality is average of these five pairs. So you compare averages or distributions between these. Okay, then I will shortly discuss the largest pair programming experiment. 
This is also done by by the same Norwegian guys, and they have a lot of money. They hired almost 300 consultants for their experiment. From these consultants were no, from Norway, United Kingdom, Sweden, and so on, and they spent one day for for the experiment. They classified these consultants in three expertise categories. They were either juniors, intermediates, or seniors. And they had 99 individuals and 98 pairs, and they compared the results. They had two kinds of systems. They had an easy system and a complex system. And half of the people performed tasks for the complex system and half of the people for the easy system. And they did four different tasks for either of the systems. And this is really the best experiment of pair program, but still this had also the same limitations. The developers or the consultants who were the developers didn't have experience with pair programming, and so and they used it only for one day. So even this experiment compares what happens when pair programming is during the learning time of pair programming. But the results are that the effort for the pairs was almost twice the effort for the individuals. The difference was 84 percentage. And this improved correctness on the average by 7 percentage. And the correctness here means that the correctness was 1 if all the tasks, all three tasks were correctly implemented. If any of them was wrong, then the correctness for zero for that individual or for that pair. So on the average, the effort increase was 84% and quality increase was 7%. However, when I asked more, in more detail, they found that the effort increase and correctness were dependent on, on the task complexity and the expertise of the developers. Here we can see that for the complex system, the effort increase was much higher. But also the improvement in correctness was much larger for the complex systems. The effort increase was 112% and the improvement in correctness was 48%. When for the easy system, the effort increase was smaller, 60%, but actually the, there was no improvement in, in the correctness. Actually, the individuals were, were better in, in, in this aspect. And when the results were analyzed further, analyzing the juniors, intermediates, and seniors separately, they found that actually for the juniors, for the junior pairs compared to junior individuals, there was huge improvement in correctness. The correctness improved by 149%, and the effort increase was then 112%. For the intermediates, there was still improvement in correctness. It was, the improvement was still large. It was 92% with the effort increase being 68% for the complex task. And for the 
seniors, it seems that peer programming does not isn't beneficial because for the seniors there was no improvement in correctness. Actually, the correctness was worse for the seniors, and still there was huge increase in effort. So this would say that for juniors doing complex tasks or for intermediates doing complex tasks, pair programming is a good practice. And for others, it's not beneficial. How were they paired? Uh, juniors with juniors? Yes, juniors with juniors, intermediates with intermediates, and seniors with seniors. And these were compared to similar individuals. Okay. Then a couple of words about adopting pair programming. If you decide to start, okay. It's 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 duration. It, for individuals, it's duration, and for the pairs, it's duration multiplied by two. So. It's, it's trivial, just multiply it by two. Therefore, when you, when you start using pair programming, you have several practicalities that you have, you have to decide, especially if you are not using pair programming in the extreme programming way. For extreme programming, it is very trivial. You have to use pair programming for every task by everyone, always eight hours a day or so. But in practice, this usually does not happen. But many companies use pair programming in a smaller scale. But then you have to decide several things. For example, for what tasks pair programming is most beneficial? What kind of tasks? What kind of activities? We just saw that it seems that it's better for complex, complex tasks than for trivial tasks. There's also this other, other aspect, is it, is it better for analysis or design tasks or testing than for programming? For that we don't have good answers or any research results. Who proposes the use of pair programming? Is it dictated by management or do the developers themselves propose that I would like to do pair programming now with this person for that task or, or how? How the pairs are formed, is it better to form pairs of seniors or juniors or mix these seniors and juniors and are there some personalities that work better with some other personalities and so on. How often the roles are switched, the navigator driver roles are switched during the sessions. I have seen some, some pair programming sessions when those roles are not changed at all. And some pair programming sessions where the keyboard is passed all the time between the pair programmers. I have also seen, seen that often the pair programming is not applied for the whole tasks. Two developers are together working with the task, but they do, do not work together all the time. They either, either, either one person is the person who is responsible and the other person participates sometimes, but it can also be that both persons, they separate and they work together, uh, they, do, they work alone for the same task. 
And then there are these questions of how they synchronize the work, how they synchronize their knowledge, what they have done when they again come together and continue pair programming. And then there is this question of how long the same pair works together. Should the project team rotate the pairs very often? In some cases I have seen that, that the pairs are rotated after, after every day. It doesn't matter if the task is not ready. You, every morning you change the pairs. And only one person doing a task continues with the same task and the other person goes somewhere else. And there are also some infrastructure requirements when you, when you use pair programming. And I will now tell something about that. For example, you need a good desk, a white desk where it's very easy for the both partners to see the display and it's easy, it should be easy to pass the keyboard between the two persons. I have seen some pair programming sessions where the, the other person was actually sitting behind the shoulder of the other person. It's quite easy to understand that in, in that situation you don't switch the keyboard between these two persons very easily. And I have seen some sessions where you pair program it using this kind of laptop where you cannot see the display very easily when you look from the side. So these are not very ideal ideal settings for pair programming. It's also good to have a coding standard, then you don't disagree with the person about the placement of about the, about the format of the code. Then it's much easier to discuss about the more important things with, with the partner. And also you should have a common editor or integrated development environment so that both persons know all the shortcuts and are familiar with the editor, then it's much easier to pass the keyboard and start writing. If one person is Emacs user and the other person uses Visual Studio, then it's probably not as easy to work efficiently together. Whiteboard is a is a good good thing because when two persons work together there there are often situations when you draw would like to draw something to explain to the other person then then it's good if you can easily easily draw draw things and discuss them or communicate them in that way to the other person and you might try to use also two keyboards so that both persons have their own keyboard connected to the same, same computer then it's very easy to participate you don't have to pass the keyboard you can all immediately start writing something or point something with your your mouse and in some cases you even may have two computers where then, then the other computer can be used for for example, testing what the other writes, or it can be used for browsing manuals and so on. There are some typical problems when you start adopting pair programming. For example, people often comment that I don't have time to do pair programming. People usually consider their own tasks more important and prioritize them over helping the some other person as a pair. So 
and people typically don't think about the long-term benefits. They think about the short-term benefits for themselves. I'm responsible of these tasks. My manager evaluates me based on how quickly I finished my own tasks. So, so this is this is in practice a very common problem for adopting pair programming. Another problem is that pair programming causes a lot of noise. For example, if you are working in an open office, then then the noise may disturb other people around. And of course, often this noise is con contains some important information also for the others, but some people get annoyed, annoyed if, if, if people around are talking a lot and they can't concentrate, so then, then it might be a good idea to try pair programming rooms where, where people do pair programming. They are not sitting in the open office, but they are sitting in some meeting room or or basically reserved pair programming room. Sometimes the pair, pairs are dysfunctional. They don't work in an optimal way. For example, the communication may be too, there may be too little communication. And one reason for this is that the driver does not think aloud. The driver just writes the code and then it may be difficult for the for the navigator to understand what's happening, and then the navigator may become passive, and then actually they lose all the benefits from the pair programming. Then it's it's the same that if if the navigator wasn't there at all. For the pair formation, there may be problems. Some people, some experienced developers may not be ideal mentoring types. Some, some people are better at teaching others. Some people probably shouldn't be paired with new junior developers. So one has to consider what kind of people make, make, make a good pair and try, try to come up with the, the optimal, optimal pair formation in, in a certain context. Some people think that with the pair it's not possible to reach this kind of flow state where you are very concentrated and very efficient in doing some work. But on the other hand, some people say that actually with the pair you are even you can even more easily reach this kind of state because with the pair there are less less this kind of blocks where you really don't know what to do and something that interrupts your work completely. So this is not clear that is this really really true. Is it easier to reach the flow alone or with the pair? And finally some people can concentrate better when they work alone. And these kind of people really shouldn't be forced to use pair programming. Some people work better alone, and then that's the way they should then work. Okay, finally, a couple of tips that has really been used in, in industrial projects for 
increasing the amount of pair programming use. For example, when there were in one company there were problems with this with this aspect that the developers were commenting that we don't have time to do pair programming, I don't have time to pair with some other person. And they started to explicitly reserve time for pair programming. They decided that every Friday every person does pair programming. And then, then actually, actually they were able to increase the amount of pair programming use and the developers didn't have to make themselves the decision uh, uh, am I working with my own task or am I doing pair programming. They decided that everyone uses, uses it one day a week and that was it. In another company, they were previously using formal code reviews and developers were not very interested in using them, but they were forced to use these. And in that, that company, they allowed the developers to avoid these formal code reviews if they started using pair programming. And this was a good way to increase the amount of pair programming use. And finally, in one, or actually in several cases, but in one, one company which I was observing, studying, they were they were a kind of XP project. They were not following all XP practices, but many of them, and they actually, they were a four-person team, and they started the project with only two workstations. This actually forced them to use pair programming for everything. And it was interesting that after a week or so, the developers didn't complain, complain about this setting. They were very satisfied with, with this and they were saying that yes, it's a very good thing to use pair programming and this actually forced us to try it, Re really, really try it. This is probably kind of extreme way to, to, to adopt pair programming, but one way that you can, you can try. Okay, you both get these slides and here are references for the main main studies. Do you have any any more questions about about pair programming now? You mentioned the infra and the whiteboard. Uh, that would mean a physical whiteboard, so the people need to get up and. and yes, okay. yes. But of course, you can also have just paper on the table. Just you are able to draw when you explain something to the other person. And uh, have you seen anyone use uh, drawing on the computer? Well, I haven't personally seen, but of course that's that's also one alternative way to. Yeah. No, no, I I'm sure this this haven't been studied.